What's up and welcome to CEO Skills Radio. I'm your host, Nina, a New York-based lawyer and former lobbyist, aka a networking and negotiating pro. A few years ago, I left my high-powered lobbying firm to travel the world and start my own company. And along the way, I met a lot of fellow entrepreneurs who had no access to legal protections and no information about the traditional skills you need to create a scalable and sustainable business. So join me each week as we talk about these CEO skills, focusing on five different departments that you need to build a solid business foundation for your coaching or consulting company. such as your marketing, your sales department, your admin, your legal financial, your systems, your operations, and last but not least, your team and community leadership. I know it sounds overwhelming, but don't worry, I will help you stay organized, I promise. So let's dive in to talk about one of these topics in depth. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to CEO Skills Radio. Today, I'm bringing on a guest. Actually, this is the second time I'm bringing on this guest. Some of you, if you remember my old podcast, The Mindful Method, I've had this guest on before. She's someone who I've met pretty early on in my entrepreneurial journey, and our paths keep crossing, and I really love what she's doing and the way that her um offers have kind of developed and the way that her services have developed because um, it's a really important topic that I'm sure a lot of you will be happy to learn about. And today we're going to talk all about money. So with that, let me introduce my guest, Megan Wall from Sacred Numbers Finance or Sacred Numbers. And yeah, Megan, I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. Hey, Nina. I'm so excited. It's been like over a a year. year. Yeah. Yeah so excited. Yeah. So Megan helps people with money coaching. Um, She comes from a long background of being a bookkeeper, but now she works a lot with not only like the tangible, how do I like track my money, but a lot with money mindset as I think we've all kind of seen that in this online space in particular, money mindset is something that keeps coming up. It's not something that you could just do the work once and you're good to go. Like money mindset is something that you constantly have to keep working on as you get to the next level. So I'm really excited to learn from Megan today. And with that, I kind of want to open up to you, Megan, to give us a little brief background on how you kind of shifted and like what your why is as far as coming from just like, you know, the traditional bookkeeper background to coming into the space where in particular you're serving a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs who they might think that their money mindset's okay because you know they're connected to source or they're open to spirit but at the end of the day like I see firsthand a lot of people in that niche or who are open-minded into spirituality needing the most assistance so can you give us maybe a little bit of your perspective and your why and your story on how this kind of all developed for you? Yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, I've got a long background in finance. I've been in finance for 10 years. And so about a year ago, I switched from doing bookkeeping and CFO work for spiritual businesses. Kind of my tagline was like, people who know how to manifest don't also know how to organize. So like Mm -hmm. I was going to be their organization. So like they know how to bring in the money, but I'm going to organize it. And then I realized that 
that was creating a lot of anxiety in my body, trying to keep up with (laughs) the IRS and like, you know, education in that realm. So I shifted into coaching because I had really realized that after I ran my group coaching program last summer, it was like everything that my soul and heart needed in one. And so, yeah, exactly. I help spiritual entrepreneurs actually play in the realm of the physical, because I feel like people who are spiritual feel like they can't be materialistic or can't love money or can't, are not allowed to charge high prices for their services because they're doing quote unquote, God's work, that kind of thing. So it's like, I want you to step into your luxury and step into your opulence so that you can fulfill that materialistic side of yourself and play in the physical realm because we are physical bodies living this life, you know? So yeah, that's what my why is for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just taking some notes too, because I really love the way that you're saying these things and you're really inspiring me with some of like the language you're using, like play in the physical realm and like dive into that opulence, like all of, you know, language is so important. And typically when people think of money, they're like, I'm not a numbers person, but one thing that I've really learned over the last few months in particular is that like, money is just as much about the words that you associate with money and the energy and the thoughts as much as it's about the numbers and the data, right? So I feel like in my personal journey, I've gone from having to really work on my abundance mindset when I was first starting my business, you know, getting over those fears of like, oh, am I never going to be making money? Cause it's really hard to make money when you first start out. Right. Or I, yeah. maybe those are the wrong words to use. Right. Take my own advice. It's not common <laughs> that you make money when you first start out. Yeah. So first I dove into my abundance mindset, then I'm seeing this money come in. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm becoming very numbers driven and I'm becoming very like data driven. And now I'm shifting back into you know, cause then I'm seeing some of those numbers go down sometimes to be honest. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do different? I need to change my thoughts. I need to change my language around money, around selling, around my offers, around value. So what can you say about that? What, what kind of perspective do you have about that and energy behind like yeah. how we refer to money? Yeah. So I am all about our wording and our language. I use words like opulence and luxury and, and my new program is called drip. So we want to, and we want to associate money with things that make us feel good and make us feel juicy. And I love going to my thesaurus.com and (laughs) diving in and trying to find better and like more descriptive words. It's one of my favorite things, but also something you said is just that a lot of times we're in our masculine and that's what drives our business forward. There's nothing wrong with like the success and the structure that the masculine brings while we're in our business, while we're, while we are data-driven, while we are money focused. But like you mentioned, that's where kind of the burnout comes from. And that's where, when we shift our focus to the opulence and the luxury and the receiving and the you know, fur coats and lattes is what I think of (laughs) and like gold jewelry. 
that's when the play comes in and that's when we really get this beautiful balance of like momentum in our business and also joy and fun. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us can, again, just really reiterating that no matter where you're at in your business or where you're at in your spiritual journey, like making your money mindset a stream of consciousness, making it something that is like an everyday thing will be very helpful. Really, you know, thinking about like changing your whole viewpoint as the way you view money or changing and becoming more intentional about the way you think of money, the words you associate it with. I agree that that's super, super important. So we talked a little bit about like the words behind money. What else do you think are key? Maybe give us like two or three of your big tips that you kind of work with clients with when you talk about money mindset. Like what do you think are the top two or three things that people need to be aware of when they're looking to improve their relationship with money? Yeah. So like you mentioned in the intro, I really pride myself in bridging the gap between spirituality and practicality. So giving my clients something tangible to do with their hands to get themselves out of their heads, out of their brains and into their bodies. I think that's a big um, block that I see a lot of people have, they get in their head. Like you said, they're like, I'm not a numbers person. I don't, I don't know how to spend money. I don't know how to invest money. Like it's all very, uh, complicated in their minds. And I think getting out of our heads and getting into our bodies and shifting it into a feeling and a relationship to money is going to be a huge determining factor of your future relationship to money. So a lot of times what I see is like our circumstances dictating how we feel about money. So we don't have a lot of money. We hate money. We have a lot of money. We love money. But with any relationship, those types of circumstances can't dictate how you feel about your your friend or your partner. So just because I have a fight with my husband doesn't mean that I'm going to describe my whole relationship with my husband as a terrible relationship. So changing that overarching feeling toward our money relationship is what's going to change everything else. So being, I love that. Yeah. So being good with our money, even when we're bad with our money is important. (laughs) And that's so true. And like, I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks, as I'm sure you are familiar with as well, because I feel like a lot of it has to do with money mindset and the energy behind thoughts and money and everything like that. But, you know, something that really drove the point home to me today or recently was the fact that like someone asked a question about business. I posted this in my stories the other day, this, this episode. So I'm trying to like search for my memories, but someone (laughs) like asked a question about how, you know, why, when they first started out their business, they were really connected to source and really connected in the quote unquote vortex that flow where like you, you feel connection to this greater, you know, powers that be, you feel alignment with, you know, everything that, is coming and to you on its way, even if you're 
current circumstances are not what you desire, you're more aligned with the vibration of what you want to desire. Like when we first start our businesses, a lot of us find that easier to do. And then something happens where all of a sudden you get the business, you get whatever you are manifesting, you get the money, and then you become so preoccupied with the day-to-day that you fall out of that vortex and you find it hard to manifest Mm. or get back in. Like it's easier almost to connect with that sacred energy, that vortex energy, that alignment energy to get you to where you want to be. It's almost easier to vibrate higher when you have nothing to lose. And when you're first starting out and when you're like, really don't have what you're trying to manifest. And so he asked a question about that and her answer or Abraham's answer actually, um, was that, you know, that's because, you know, of the fact that a lot of people find that they are digging through and they're trying to, you know, not let their, they finally let it click that they can't let their circumstance dictate, for example, their relationship with money, but then you need to constantly refine. You need to constantly revisit and you need to constantly make that time to have that relationship with yourself or with source. So I would love to hear your kinds of thoughts on that because you work in the weeds with a lot of these business owners who might just be starting out or who might be in a position like I am where I'm like, okay, well, it was really easy for me when I was first starting out. And now I feel like I'm just like drowning day to day. So (laughs) would love to hear your kinds of thoughts on that. Yeah. I was literally reading a book about an hour ago and it was talking about how when we start to become possessive or all about mine, my property, this, this is my work. Therefore it belongs to me. We lose the we and it becomes a me. And, and that in that way, we get disconnected from source. We get disconnected from each other because it's all about chasing that 5k month, that 10k month. Okay. How can I double my clients from last month? Which like I was saying before, there's nothing wrong with being data-driven. It's important in our business to know our data and to know our numbers. My whole business is sacred numbers. But as far as it being easier in the beginning, it's because we're starting out with a purpose. We're starting out with this vision and we are more, we're more about the, the dream And then, like you said, something happens and we get really into the details and it stops being fun. It starts being about replicating results and we lose sight of the big vision, the dream, the good feeling in our body. I love that because now that you're saying that, I'm pretty sure that's in alignment with the point. Abraham Hicks was also making too about really touching back into that greater energy, that purpose energy, that why energy, rather than, you know, being so focused on the reality in front of you. Because that's, I think, the thing that you were also bringing up before about not letting your circumstances dictate your relationship. That's really resonating with me because you know, in the beginning, it's easy for us to not have anything, right? Like we don't have the profitable business yet. We're just starting out. We have this dream. We know we're meant for more. We know that it's coming to us, even though sometimes day to day, we might cry. We might like look at our bank account and be like, what the hell? Like we know that we're meant for more. Right. 
And it's all about serving others and giving value to others so that others can have that energy exchange and give us the value that we're looking for, whether it's money or skills or opportunities or what. Then this business comes and we're so focused on our current circumstances, which is like, I'm stressed the fuck out because I have all these clients or I have this money, but like I'm mismanaging it. Like I don't know where it's going, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of like being a bookkeeper, right? Yeah. Then, you know, we're so focused then on our day-to-day circumstances that we're not letting us have that next, you know, we're, we're like manifestation. What I've learned through Abraham Hicks a lot is that, you know, in the last few days of me binging episodes is that um, like, in order to manifest what you want, whether it's the profitable business, whether it's the work-life balance, whether it's the money in your bank or the material thing or whatever it is, the health, you can't let, like you said, the circumstances of now dictate it. You have to align with the energy and be a vibrational, vibrational match for what you want instead of trying to manifest from a vibrational match of what you have right? Because if you're a vibrational match of what you have, which is a stressful business, that's not giving you time to step back into your spirit or step back into your manifestation and visionary powers, right? Then you are going to attract more of that, more of that stress, more of that busyness, more of that doing. But if you're able to then, you know, get back into that mindset that you beautifully articulated for us where we're not letting our circumstances dictate our relationship with things, then I think that's like the key to getting to that next level. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me that like, you know, when, when we're looking at our surroundings this close to our face and for, this is an audio medium. So I'm holding my hand up very close to my face (laughs) and like, I can't see any, anything past my hand. So when we're looking at things super close to our face and we are so micro managing and micro focusing on the things directly in front of us, whenever we remove that hand from our face or whatever that block is, we can see the vision, we can see the dream and we're able to open back up to the fun. And then one other thing that I wanted to mention was that I think as business owners, we start to see dollar signs in every relationship. So for every single connection we make, we get pigeonholed into, it has to be a client mentor or client service provider relationship. And if they aren't a client, then either fuck them or, you know, let's move on and, you know, move on to the next relationship, but being open to whatever relationship comes, whether they become your new mentor, they become your new contractor, they become your new best friend, like being open to every relationship that is possible in our connections, in the DMs is important for enrichment, not only personally, but also in our business. That's a really good point. And that has to go, that goes into also a lot of like the ethics in the online space, which is a whole separate conversation. But for the people listening to this episode, you know, they've heard me rant in other podcast episodes about ethics in the online space. And I think you hit the nail on the head where you say that really the key, the underlying root of a lot of these ethics issues are that people are looking at every single person as a dollar sign, like, oh, or a number 
sign even like for how many followers you have should I collaborate with them because they have more followers or they have this many downloads or whatever and it's never in those relationships that you like think are going to get you to the next level that are the most satisfying take it from me I've met a lot of my idols I've worked with a lot of my idols and nine out of ten times they disappoint me right it's the people who you look at as just on an energetic level as I can't explain why I'm saying yes to this. You know, I'm not looking at the follower account. I'm not looking at the dollar signs. I'm feeling into it. And it feels like it is a vibrational match for me to collaborate with this person or work with this person or give this person a discount that they're asking for or whatever it is, like over, you know, going your boundaries, you have to feel into it. And those are always the most fulfilling, not the ones that you think with your head are like, oh, this person has a hundred thousand followers. Let me do this, like work for them for free. And then like, they fuck you over. For clout or exposure. Yeah, exactly. Don't (laughs) do anything for clout. (laughs) So uh, with that, I actually wanted to ask you, um, hold, hold on one second. Sorry about the brief interruption, guys. I thought I heard a doorbell and it was a false alarm. Anyway, I was going to ask Megan a question, which I can't quite recall, but I have a new question to ask. So if there's like some kind of gap, please forgive me. My brain, you know, you know how it is. Um, I would love to know, because you work with a lot of business owners that not only are just starting out, but also who are, you know, in the, I don't like to use numbers, but like, let's say they're in the 5k month range or 10k month range or plus, what do you think for the people who aren't just starting out are like the big red flags that they should avoid when it comes to their money mindset and that success that they want to see, like, instead of getting bogged down into the numbers, into the dollar signs, things like that, like what are some things that you see, you know, just from your experience as a bookkeeper and as a mindset coach, Like, what are some things that you can warn people about if they're not just starting out? Yeah. So for sure, just like we were talking about seeing everything as a dollar sign would be hugely number one, because once you start getting a certain number of clients, you're like, okay, I know I can get clients. Now it's all about more, more and more and more clients. So, uh, second to that would definitely be losing the fun of it and stopping practicing what you preach. I have fallen into this trap so many times in my business where I like, you know, I teach people how to be in ritual with their money, how to check their bank balances every single day. And then I find myself not doing those things and going weeks without checking in with my money. And I preach about uh, knowing your numbers and like doing your bookkeeping. And sometimes I find myself not following through on the things that I teach. So definitely like there are obviously going to be seasons of your life, seasons of your business where some things are more important than others, but getting back to the basics, wherever you feel out of alignment, getting back to the basics of what you teach and what you know is super, super important. Yeah, I think it's, you know, like you said, it it is important for people to check their numbers, know their numbers and not be afraid and get over that fear. But at a certain point, I also see where you're coming from, where it's like, 
uh, it's July, you know, let's say it's like July 12th. And I'm like, I have no idea how much money I've made this month. Like that isn't so much important for me as like, for some people, it might be really important for budgeting. You need to know how much you have for your childcare or your home or whatever your expenses are. For me, I like to, to know those things for the energetics of how I can show up because I don't ever want to come from a place of desperation because I don't know my numbers and because I think I'm desperate or broke or need to make a sale. You know, I was pleasantly surprised when I wasn't really launching anything this month and I wasn't really, this is July, 2021, when we're recording it, I wasn't really launching anything this month. I actually missed a launch that I had planned because I was moving and I was just like taking some time off and, you know, traveling a little bit. And at that point, I energetically felt like desperate, but I wasn't trying to like come and do a launch from that desperate place. Nevertheless, when I eventually sat down and had that long overdue date with my money, like, you know, a little bit into the month, uh, I saw that I was already on track to hit my goals, my standard in like, you know, whatever my income levels for the month. So by even, even though I was feeling that like desperate energy, I took action to like, you know what, let me check my numbers. Let me, let me observe where this energy is coming from. And then from there, I had a much more like positive, lighthearted energy. And now I'm on track to hit, you know, a 10 K month without having, a launch just because of like me not feeling desperate. Like if I would have launched something this month, a hundred percent, it would have come from a place of like desperation. I need to hit a 10 K month. I need to like, that's like my new standard to maintain, like, you know, my team, my expenses, all the things I'm planning on doing, blah, 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 blah. You know, my savings, my life. Right. Yeah. But now I'm like, Oh, energetics has such a big role. Like it's not to say I didn't put in the work beforehand. Cause obviously I've created all these products that allow me to make this money. And obviously I'm like, you know, doing work for people, but I did it without launching something. Cause I knew that launching something would have come from a place of desperation. Do you see that happen a lot with people? Like, let's talk a little bit about the desperate energy. And it looks like you have something else that you're dying to say. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about this because for me, it's something that I recently was like, aha moment about. So I had this, I've had multiple high ticket purchases over the last couple months on my credit card. And I'm someone, if you know what I speak about, I move fluidly in and out of debt. I am one with my debt. Like I don't have any qualms about my debt. There were some qualms <laughs> creeping in. And I started to get a little, uh, anxious about my debt kind of out of fear. And I was thinking about, okay, now I got to let go of my podcast manager. Now I got to do all these things because I'm kind of freaking out about my debt and about how much I've been spending. And I realized that I could make that same decision of letting go of my podcast manager out of a completely different mindset, out of a completely different energetics by just taking a second, realigning to what I know to be true, which is I have the power to make money. And I also know that I can shift my priorities 
and say, okay, maybe the podcast isn't my top priority right now. So I can let go of my podcast manager, but you see the difference between the energy of like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I have to let go of my podcast manager. Fuck. And then, okay. I recognize that there can be other priorities right now. I'm going to let go of my podcast manager. It's the same decision, but the energetics are completely different. You're choosing empowerment over desperation, like you said. Yeah. And that also really serves the other person as well on the other side of that decision, if there is one, because then it doesn't come from a place of, oh, uh, I did something wrong, right? If, if it's from the podcast manager's perspective, if you explain like, hey, my priorities are shifting, unfortunately, I can't prioritize this as much as I could. And, you know, maybe down the line when I can bring in more revenue or see a return on the investment a little more, like would love to have you back or something like that also really empowers the other person and puts them in a position where then their money mindset's not going to get fucked, right? Because like, I think that leading with integrity when you are making these difficult decisions about like, hey, you know, even just the other episode, I was talking about how like I've like let go quote unquote of some of my team members because like the admin stuff, like calendar dates were getting missed and stuff like that. And the way I intended to approach it was like, you know, or the way my approach was energetically was like, hey, I am looking for people like I am letting go of them because it's not their dream. These are future lawyers. It's not their dream to excel at being support staff for me. Like they need to learn or they are looking to learn more legal stuff. Yes, this is part of that job when you're first starting out. But at the other hand, I'm also needing someone whose job it is professionally to be a great assistant because I feel so hectic. I feel so chaotic. I feel like my inbox is a mess. Like my big picture vision for my business is good, but my day-to-day kind of stuff is a little messy. And I need someone who it's their job. It's their dream. It's their career. It's their talent to kind of help me stay organized and hold me accountable. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I approached it from that energy. And I think that's why it was like, well-received where it's like, okay, I will continue to reach out to you guys if opportunities come up for contracts that I need to draft or help with trademarks or things that are like traditionally legal rather than, you know, I need to fire these people like they're fucking idiots and whatever. Like, and one you know, thing, one thing I also wanted to say was, you know, you had that anxiety around, being being nervous about possibly having to launch something because you weren't you didn't know what your numbers were so you if if you had if you had had that anxiety and you hadn't taken the step of sitting down with your numbers and just decided to throw something out into the universe and like launch something out of desperation because you felt like you needed a cash injection the energetics behind that launch were going to would have been completely different than now that you have the information that you need to know that you're like, okay, I I'm okay this month. I don't need this money. I can make much more discerning decisions based on who I let into this next program or whatever it is. So that you're not just taking every single thing that comes your way because you feel like you need the money. Absolutely. And another thing that I was able to create space for was the thinking space. Like I can't show up like I can, 
I, that's a wrong word to use. I can show up every day on my Instagram. I love creating content. It's one of my favorite parts of being a lawyer in the space, but physically, energetically, I feel like I can't if I'm not organized and stepping into my role of visionary and seeing like, and being with integrity of what I want to offer. And from that space of taking a step back from creating content this month in July, I was able to create more fun content. Like I did like some more mini blogs and take some more polls of my audience and come up with an idea with one of my consultants on a way to offer actually a more affordable and accessible version of CEO skills for like a thousand dollars less than the mentorship program is by just offering, you know, just the, the course material. And that idea, that space, that validation from pulling my audience and asking them and having them vote that, yes, they would do that, that wouldn't be able to come up if I was feeling in that desperate energy or if I was trying to force another launch and create random content for whatever the heck thing I was going to launch. Like, <laughs> I would rather wait like a month to have a very successful, fun energetic and flow, profitable, impactful launch than I would like having mini launches every month on stuff. You know what I mean? Like looking at our overall energetics of the year has really helped me too. knowing that, okay, next month, I'm going to have this big launch. I'm going to try to get as many people with this knowledge as possible, offering it at a lower price point. Like I'm still having high hopes that it's going to be, you know, an even energy exchange for me overall, but also, you know, fun and have a lot of more people and meet a lot of people through this launch. I'd rather know that that's coming next month than try to like half-ass throw that offer out there this month without like properly energetically preparing for it and energetically preparing content. Yeah. So do you see, that's a great actually follow-up question. Like, do you see a correlation in the clients that you work with between their money mindset and the like impact and value of their free content, like even just like their Instagram content or podcast content and stuff. Like, do you definitely see when people are really aligned with their positive money mindset that like their content just like seems so much more authentic and like translates well, like, do you see a difference? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never thought about it, but absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. It's like, when people have a more abundant mindset, they give more freely. They don't see as much competition in the world, which, you know, take it or leave it. But I completely reject the idea of competition. I think we all have our special sauce and like, you know, like even somebody who's taken the exact same courses and programs as I have is not going to translate them or apply them to my background as I would. So it's like, truly there is no competition in this world. And so when we have that abundant mindset and, and great relationship with money, then we're able to freely give resources, freely refer people to other coaches who might be a better fit for them. That's something that's been an amazing magnetism for me is coming across somebody who wants to work with me and me not feeling that uh, connection. And instead of trying to fit, you know, a, a round peg into a square hole of trying to make this, make something work that I know is not going to work. I refer them to somebody else because I don't, 
need that money. I don't, I'm not desperate for that money. So when we have a, an abundance of resources and abundance of knowledge and abundance of friends in the industry, absolutely. I think it's directly reflected in their content for sure. Yeah. And I think that like, when you do come from this place of abundance, this place of I am whole, I'm secure, regardless of like how many people or who signs up with me or whatever. I really think that, you know, it translates in your content. People can tell that you're not just creating content as a robot. You're creating content that is creative. It's fun. It's well thought out. It's meaningful. It's impactful. It's educational. All these things, right? All these things that we want our content to be because it takes a long time to create content, right? So we want it to be for a reason. And the reason that we're putting out the content is a lot more like easily picked up by everyone else if we're coming from a good place. And then you're, since you have that like good relationship that's with your money, that's manifesting through your content, you're then able to make decisions. Like if someone comes to you and it's not a fit, you know, you know, based off of like, if they vibe with your content and it's authentic to you, if they're going to vibe with like, you know, your, your style. Um, so then you're able to refer people out if you're at capacity or if, you know, maybe they seem like they would be polarizing to your content, right? So all yeah. those decisions become easier to make as well. And all those decisions are really important for business boundaries too. Yeah. It's so important also to like, listen to your intuition in those types of conversations, because it can be like, the signs are there, even in like a DM conversation, the signs are there when that person's going to be a shitty client. <laughs> yeah. And like, usually, honestly, one of the first red flags, uh, like, okay, so there's two red flags. There's my red flag where if I'm feeling desperate, I might say yes to a client that I know I shouldn't, that might not be a fit, or like it's at a price point that I'm not really comfortable with, especially doing things like legal work. Like that takes hours and also your asking me to, to take on your energy, right? I'm taking on your stress. I'm taking on your problem and I'm making it mine. That needs to be compensated too, right? So that's number one. I definitely notice a difference in my energy, like on saying, you know, figuring out if this client relationship is going to be good or not. I have to check my energy first. The second thing I have to check is their energy. Do they seem like they vibe with my content? Does, does their content seem like it would vibe with my content? Do they engage with my content? Are they cold messaging me because they searched lawyer in the search bar? I don't want to work with people usually that do that because I want to work with people who see my content, my authenticity shining through so that they know what to expect when they're working with me. I'm not like a traditional lawyer. I'm not a traditional online business owner. I'm very vocal. I'm very like rough around the edges sometimes, right? So making sure that, you know, it's a good client contractor fit is important. And it comes from both their energy and your energy. And again, like, I think having the right content and being in a place where you can let that creative energy flow so that you can create that like intentional content is so, so important. And that all ties back to money mindset, like we learned. So shifting gears a little bit, I wanted to briefly talk about something that I know we spoke about last episode, like last interview we did way back last year, <laughs> but it's not available anymore, unfortunately. Um, 
I know you were the first person that told me about the method profit first, and I've seen some people bring it up. It always makes me think of you. So I would like to know if you still employ that strategy and maybe if you could briefly describe it to some of the people in the audience who might not have heard that strategy before. Yes. So profit first, I still teach it. It is a part of my one-on-one program. It's pretty much like drilled into me, like it is a part of me. (laughs) So I use it in my personal and my business. What it is, is a banking system. So normally what we're taught about profit is uh, income minus expenses equals profit. And then a business owner gets paid from the measly leftovers. However, profit first takes your income minus your profit, the, the owner's salary equals what you have left for expenses. And if your expenses don't fit into what's left, then you know you need to cut expenses or you know you might need a supplemental credit card to keep you afloat in that um, circumstance. So just a general overview of how the system works, you have four or five different accounts and you'll have all of your money come into one income account, and then you spread that money out of the income account into your different other accounts. So that might be your salary account, your operating expenses account, your tax account, and any other number of savings account you'd like to have. So I find it to be extremely useful in planning for hiring new contractors, um, visualization and manifestation purposes. So you can use the um, spreadsheet to literally visualize how much more money you'll need to bring in in order to accommodate everything you want to do with your business so that you can vision and dream and then implement with this system. Wow, that's great. And I feel like that's so important for especially people in the online coaching space, because I see so many people who tell me that they can't afford a lawyer, or they can't afford a bookkeeper, or they can't afford a VA, or they can't afford, you know, a contract template or something because they just spent this money on this coach, or they just spent this money on this course, or they whatever insert other excuse. And while coaches are necessary sometimes, and while, you know, it's necessary for you to have enough money to pay your rent and things like that, it's still, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but it's still like mismanagement sometimes if you're not prioritizing your spending. I really think that nobody should be spending $2,500 on a coach if they don't have a contract or money left over for a contract, even if it's a contract template to protect the offer that they're building at the end of whatever the coach is helping them create, right? Like to me that it just doesn't make sense prioritization wise, but it's so, so common. Like I see people having no hesitation, dropping $5,000 for a coach, $2,500 for a coach, $400 $400 for a contract template though. Ooh, Nina, I don't know. I'm just going to go try to make my own. Right. Yeah. Like it's just so weird. And I, that's just one example. It's just my personal experience, but I really think that if we were able to all employ this method of profit first and keep that also in mind with like the visualization practices you, you mentioned, which is a great idea too. 
I really think that then we would know like, what's our budget for a coach? We want a coach, but do we have to work with the $5,000 coaching program? That's just a group, group pro coaching program when we're starting out, or can we go for, you know, maybe some of the same content from a self-paced course for $750. And then we have that leftover $3,500 or whatever it is to invest in a contract to, uh, you know, pay for Kajabi or to, you know, pay for Dubsado or pay for a VA. Like that, I think is so, so, so important. So I really love that you're teaching this um, to people inside of your program. Yeah. I mean, I have both my bookkeeping contract and my coaching contract have come from you. I think I'm pretty sure you've Thank helped you. me like <laughs> in building, like customizing both of those. Um, so that's been really fucking helpful. And yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those expenses where it's like, you only have to buy it once. Right. And then yeah. it's done. Hopefully. But yeah. if you try to cheap it or you try to like half-ass it, or you try to like take it from someone else, you're probably going to have to pay for that over and over again. You're going to pay for it with like the missed payment that right. you didn't get from whatever client that ghosted you. You're going to pay for it when you go back to a lawyer and they're going to charge you more to like review all the shit that you just like made up and pulled out of your thin air. And then you're going to have to pay for it. Maybe if like you ever get sued or have to sue someone, which sucks. Yeah. But I, I really think though that like, especially in the coaching space, I'm not saying that people shouldn't charge high ticket or charge, you know, the value of their services. But as a consumer, we have a responsibility to be autonomous with our money and not go into these like pressure tactics, not fall into the FOMO, not fall into the shiny object syndrome of thinking it's like, oh, if it's $5,000, it must be better than like the $700 one. Like we don't know that, right? You, you know how much money that you can spend, right? If you do the profit first method, and then you can make your decision from there. And I see it all the time. Like I see people who sign up for, let's say like they sign up for a coaching program to start their business and then they can't make through on their payment plan because they're like, well, I'm just starting my business. So I don't have money. It's like, well, that's what this program's here to help you for. So I, I understand you had to spend some money. But on the other hand, like if you looked at your, how much money you had to spend after your, like, you know, after your move or after your rent or whatever, like then you would have been able to budget and not also like, again, harm someone else's money mindset because of your mismanagement of your money mindset and your finances, right? One thing you can do with the Profit First system is to create a separate account for business investments. So say $400 for a contract and you put 5% of everything you make into that account until you have $400 so that you can buy a contract in that way. And you can change the name of the account to be whatever it is that you're saving up next for. So now it's Nina's contract. So I say $400 for Nina's contract. I get it. So now the next goal is this coaching program. So I changed the name to whatever coaching program. And that allows me to not only visualize my goals in that way, but also to prioritize and send that message to the universe and to my money that like every dollar is going to have a purpose. I love that. And I've heard that before. And one of my questions for you then, for the people who are like me, who are really overwhelmed, like, oh, 
uh, but then I need all these bank accounts. Like I would love to kind of shift gears a little bit into some of the more tangible um, tips in this episode where like, what are your top, you know, bank accounts that you recommend people opening? People have heard me talk about Novo. I would love to know um, if like what you use, especially for this profit first method, if you use them all in one bank account, or if you have like ones from Chase, ones from Bank of America, like what's your, uh, you know, you don't have to give us like too many details, obviously, but like, <laughs> what's your routing number and your account? <laughs> but yeah, if you could give us some tips, because this is something that I didn't realize overwhelms a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's very overwhelming. And for me, I have probably 15 to 20 different bank accounts. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a freak in the spreadsheets. So it's fun for me. Um, so the biggest, the best banks that I've found for business and personal to use with the profit first system that don't charge fees for having extra checking accounts, don't charge, uh, or even have the capability because I, I bank with Novo as well. And they don't, they just don't have the capability. You cannot have more than one checking account with them. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah. yeah. So I recently found for business bank accounts, Relay is Relay Financial is really good. You can open as many um, checking accounts as you need and they're all free. Like there's no extra fees or anything. And then for personal, I use Ally. That's where I have both my husband's and my bank accounts is Ally. We have probably 10 different savings and checking accounts under Ally, but they're all free and super accessible within that uh, dashboard. One thing I will say is that lots of banks have what's called buckets or um, funds. I've seen them called where they will just segment out the money in your main account and attach them to different goals. Personally, I like to have the separate accounts because I'm, I'm a very segmented person. I um, but if, if you feel like you can handle buckets, uh, all under one checking account, then that works just as well for the profit first system. That's great to know. And yeah, I, I personally use, um, ally for my personal bank account. And like, I love ally so much because it's, you know, really great, especially if you're traveling, there's no in-person branch. So you never get like ATM fees. They reimburse you all of your ATM fees at the end of the month. And it's really great. I love Ally. That's what led me to find Novo because I wanted to find a business version of Ally. So I found Novo. Novo is really great as like an intro checking account. Like it's very quick, easy to sign up. So that's why I love Novo for like a first checking account. But now I'm at the point where I'm trying to employ something like the profit first system, trying to have these buckets or these different accounts. So it's really great. Thank you so much for letting us know about Relay because I will definitely look into it um, because it would be very helpful to have like a separate fund for my tax account. Like another part of my money mindset that I realized is I'm afraid to spend money because I'm like anticipating all of these money in taxes and I keep it all in my one account, which is like so dumb, probably like the first <laughs> separate account you should have is probably a tax account where you should just dump 30% of all your profit, quote unquote, into that. Right. And so, um, that would be very helpful to know that relay has like, hopefully some very easy apps and stuff like that. Yeah. And one thing I will say about Novo that I've found fucking amazing is that they have a Stripe, a $20,000 Stripe credit. 
if you like spend like $10 through their debit card. So if you have a debit card connected to your business bank account through Novo, you spend like 10 or 15 bucks and then you get this Stripe credit. So if you attach your bank account to your Stripe, then it reimburses the fees up to $20,000. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> this is amazing because I've had a Novo debit card for a year and I never fucking activated it. Like so bad. Dude, I'm like so <laughs> bad with like activating cards because then I'm like, then I'm going to spend the card and I don't need to spend the card. I just need to, you know, I shouldn't be bringing this debit card around. All my transactions <laughs> are online. I could just wire the money, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. I was like appalled last year was my first like full year in business with like, you know, my whole contract shop and everything. And I was like appalled at the end of the year when I was like, wait, I'm looking at my expenses. I'm like, I totally forgot to take out the 3% Stripe fees. Like I need to go back and do all of this accounting and figure out who paid Stripe and like how much fees. And it was like, it ended up being like $3,500 yeah. in Stripe fees at least, you know, and cause some people pay with PayPal and other things. But that's really great to know that they have that $20,000 limit because take it from me, like you could be a six figure business owner and not reach that $20,000 limit. Like that's a lot. Yeah. That would have to be, you know, $20,000 in fees. Let's do some quick math. You're a number person. 20,000. <laughs> if that's 3%, what would I times that by times? Okay. Wait, no, 20,000. Okay. Wait, no. I don't know how to do math. I don't know how to do percentages. What, what, like? I, what I normally do, I do, I just type into Google. Uh, yeah. 20,000 is 3% of what? <laughs> That's smart too. Uh, no. What I times it by like, it's like X. I know in my, I'm like a visual person. So like I was good at math in high school because of like the visual stuff where it's like X over yeah. 20,003 over 100 equals 20,000 over x <laughs> and then you cross multiply right like okay we're not going to do that right now but if you are a math person I'll tell you this if you dm me and you tell me what $20,000 is 3% of it's it's like I'll give you a discount 66 code. it's like $66,000 okay so if you did I did yeah. 20,000 okay. divided by 0.3. 0. 0.03. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. So another thing, these decimals. 0. 0.03. No, wait. Like 600,000 probably oh. then. Yeah. 666,000. Yeah. So you could be a half a million dollar company and still not use that limit probably. Yeah. So guys, get yourself a Novo account. Um, Nina, aren't you a partner? I'm an affiliate. So DM yeah. me and I'll give you my <laughs> affiliate link. I'll put it in the description of this episode, actually. Um, are you, does, does Relay have any affiliate or partnership program that you're a part of? I've asked them. They don't do anything right now, but I'm like, just let me know. I talk about you all the time. One of my yeah. current clients literally just set up his Relay account. And I, so my business credit card is an Amex Platinum. Okay. I do have a referral code for an Amex Platinum where we both get like 60,000 points. Oh, wow. Something ridiculous. So if y'all want that for sure, hit me oh, yeah. up. Amex Platinum credit 
card referral, if you could send that to me, I'll put it in the description of the episode when this comes out. Because, um, and we have like a few more minutes, if that's okay with you, to maybe touch on really quick what some of the benefits of having a credit card, a business credit card are, because I know for a lot of people, debt feels like an icky feeling. It feels like an icky word. People don't like debt, but what they don't realize is that some debt is good debt. Some debt is empowering debt and credit cards actually have a lot of bonuses. I personally don't have a credit card right now, but I know I need to get one. I'm that idiot that like closed debt, paid off my credit card and closed it. Cause I thought that would like be good, but actually like destroyed my credit. Yeah. It's like why <laughs> you're not supposed to close off your credit card. Like I didn't know that. Yeah. So I haven't had a credit card for like two years, which is like really, I don't know. For me, it makes you me feel empowered though pay. too. You haven't been, you've been in like Sayulita for months too. So it's not like you've been having paying rent or anything. Yeah. Well, they, I was still paying, you know, obviously probably like around like a thousand dollars a month, give or take there, which is a lot for there. You could find something more affordable, but it does help to have a credit card, especially when you travel because, or especially if you are going to buy a $5,000 coaching program, because then you get all these points back and I forget, like when I first started traveling, people were like, I can't afford to travel. Before I had a business, before I had like a job that paid me well, I was able to travel all the way to Thailand because my company that I worked for would have me expense meals and expense hotels and transportation on my personal credit card. And then they would refund me, but I would get to keep all those points. And I was able to cash in those points to get a round trip flight to Thailand for like $42. So Points and credit cards are very, very valuable, especially if you like traveling, because I've seen people get really good. I think Catherine's and Kina of Manifestation Babe talks about this a lot, I think, too, about how she's gotten so many like luxury hotel deals because of points or like upgrading to different flight statuses because of points. Like what other kinds of benefits, though, aside from just travel, um, do you think a credit card has and why it's important for business owners in particular? Yeah, so in my personal opinion, in my view of credit, it, it to me, it is a, an extension of the universal wealth. It is a tap on the universal, um, abundance. So it is just an extension of wealth that you are able to access. And I've done a lot of work around untangling the value judgments of like, what does that say about me? If I'm in debt, what does that say about my business if I'm in debt? Now to me, it means that I am, it, it means that I am making intentional decisions. If I go into debt, it means that I'm buying something that gets me so excited. And I like, I want to say this too. I don't spend money that doesn't make me feel good. If it doesn't make me feel good, I'm cutting it out of my life. So as far as, and, and also I'm, I'll say, I get what I want when I want it, which is very triggering for a lot of people. It's triggering for my husband. It's something that I don't, people, I'm going to go on a complete tangent. People go, get in this, like suffering is uh, valuable and suffering and like withholding, yeah, yeah, withholding joy or withholding satisfaction is good for the development and all that stuff. I completely reject that. 
don't, don't withhold anything from yourself, <laughs> be luxurious, be opulent. So as far as, um, credit card debt and credit card benefits for a long time, I was really against like points cards because I was like, why would I want points for some ambiguous, like one point equals point something of a dollar? Like, why would I want that if I can just get a cash back card? So for a long time, I was, I had just cash back cards, which are amazing. My TD, my TD bank credit card is a cash back card and I love it. I also have a discover cash back card. Um, but with this Amex, I'm really finding it to be super valuable because with my Amex, I'll just um, tell you some of the uh, rewards. First of all, I can add an employee credit card to this account for a, dis a discounted yearly fee if it's attached to my account. I get points, they get points. That way I can monitor their spending. That way I can set a spending limit. So if you have a VA, if you have a personal assistant who is out running errands for you, getting green juices for you, you know, whatever it is, you can have them put it on their credit card and you're both getting points. You're, you're both uh, building your business credit score. Super I love bad. that. It's so important having a good credit score. A lot of people don't realize that too, which like, I'm not going to go into because I'm not like qualified or like knowledgeable on this. I just like know enough to say, Hey, watch out. But apparently when you are self-employed, if you try to go get a loan from the bank for a mortgage, or if you try to go get, you know, approved for some kind of other hefty loan from a bank for your personal life, because you are self-employed, your income statements are under a little more scrutiny than if you were employed, even if you were only employed for like a month or something by, you know, Joe Schmo law firm, because with self-employed, you know, banks look at that as a little more volatile. They look at it as a little more dependent. And so it takes a lot more proof of like your credit score, your business history, financial history for you to get personal loans, which like, I only found out about like when I became self-employed, like after I became self-employed where I'm like, wait, so if I want to go get like a car loan or a mortgage loan, like it's going to be, I'm going to have to like have more to prove almost not yeah. like, I don't know if like in paperwork, if it's like literally more paperwork to prove, but you know what I mean? It's like, it takes more. And so building up your credit score is so important. And if you don't have a credit card, like I don't in my personal life and I don't in my business right now, I have a shitty credit score probably because I'm not building my credit score. So that is something that I really need to get on this year. Yeah. Well, so just to give you an example of some of the, um, perks that you get with just the Amex, I'm just looking at the Amex. So <laughs> I have access to premium private jets Ooh. and, um, a, what do they call them? Travel agent. I can like call their travel hotline and like have them create like a whole itinerary for me as well as like, uh, you know, global TSA pre-check you get like credits for the fees. I have automatically like Marriott Bonvoy gold elite status and Hilton honors gold status, like just automatically, like normally with those types of programs, you have to stay a certain number of nights per year to like qualify but with my mm. card I have automatic gold status for those wow. so that that just provides me with you know 
upgrades in certain places, like free breakfast, if there aren't offering that, which in the time of COVID, it's been a lot of the perks have been really pared down just because they're not offering a lot of the same things you might've gotten pre-COVID. But I also have access to hundreds of um, airport lounges across the world with just my Amex Platinum, which normally wow. you know you have to have a certain type of like uh, airplane ticket to like get into those types of lounges. And lounges are so, they make or break your travel experience. I've only been in a lounge like three times and I was like, oh my God, I wish they have like (laughs) food for you. So you don't have to pay fucking $14. They have beds sometimes. Yeah. Like chairs, outlets, like lounges are a game changer and I do not use lounges enough. And honestly, that was one of the reasons why I was like, maybe I should get a credit (laughs) card that gives me lounges because I travel a lot. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of benefits and it really depends on your lifestyle, especially for, you know, we talked a lot about the travel benefits. I'm sure there's a lot of like meal and restaurant and stuff benefits mm-hmm. too, and with some cards, but even like way- with Dell, so say you need like a new computer for your business, like put there's Dell rebates. I'm trying to think of what I just saw. Um, get up to $200 in statement credits annually for U.S. purchases with Dell Technologies. So it's like getting money back, like cash back for buying electronics for your business. Yeah, that's great. And speaking of cash back, like some of these points cards also have cash back options. So I used to have HSBC bank and a credit card there. And I 10 out of 10 do not recommend because their customer service is fucking awful. i I can't say enough bad things at HSBC, but the one good thing that I will say is that they had in their rewards program, they had, you could either use like points, flight miles or cash back. So they gave you some kind of flexibility. I don't know if like everyone does that, that has the point system, but at least like if you really needed the cash back or if you needed that cash to add to your like credit limits, you can, you know, make a big purchase or something. You do have that option with some banks like HSBC. Um, But I also had a debit card there. So I don't know if I only was able to get a credit card approved because I had a checking account. I don't know. Um, But don't even bother. Don't waste your time calling them to find out. Don't go to a branch and visit them because they just suck. suck One thing I will say allies customer service I have never had a bad experience with customer service for ally yeah they're really highly, good. highly recommend yeah and novo too that's why I went with novo because they were like real they were like emailing me like a real person with a name was emailing me as soon as I put in my application for novo so it wasn't you know like you call the bank and you wait for 30 minutes and then they transfer you to someone else and yeah yeah Another thing I will say about banks, y'all don't be afraid to ask for those fees back. Don't be afraid. Like if you accidentally overdraft one day and you get hit with like a $30 overdraft fee, like don't be afraid to get in contact with that bank and ask for it back. Especially like if you've never had an overdraft fee before. And even if you have like with Novo, this is so bad, but I've had, I've overdrafted four times with Novo and each time it's like $27, but they've reimbursed every single one of those 
And I, all I had to do is just like reach out and be like, Hey, can you reimburse these? I don't have to make up an excuse. I don't have to like explain myself in any way. They just did it. And, and that's just to say that like getting in your head of like, Oh, they're never going to give this back to me. Why would they give this back to me? It was actually my fault. Like I deserve this. Like just ask for it back. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And like, you know, on that note, even with like other things, like learn how to negotiate, Mm -hmm. like those fees, a lot of times are added as bargaining power or as leverage to waive those and make it seem like, oh, well, you know, let's say you have a late fee on a credit card. A lot of times you can waive the late fee if you agree to pay the interest and the balance, or you can waive the late fee and the interest if you pay the balance in full. Like all of these things are usually added by these companies as bargaining power too. So just know that and be empowered. With a strong money mindset, you could do that. Right. Well, because most people won't ask for it back. So they're making plenty of money. So yeah. Well, on that note, it's been such a fun conversation going through like some of the more tangible tips that you have and some of the more like mindset based things. Um, I really love this conversation. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something new. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the different ways that people can work with you and what you have coming up next? Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Instagram and I'm at sacred numbers co And I've just launched a beta round for my group coaching membership. I'm accepting some beta testers. This membership is called Drip. And if you are a beta tester, you get an exclusive uh, lifetime rate of $150 a month for group memberships. There's going to be two group calls a month with journal prompts and expert speakers. And it's going to be really, really juicy. And the whole theme is be seduced by your money be in a an amazing juicy relationship with your money and let your feminine power out to play and that sounds really lovely because again like we were talking about in the beginning of this episode it's really difficult sometimes to found that find that right balance between the tangible and the mindset and i think you do that well Um, And I know personally, just from like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, oh, how, how much time does it take for me to budget or should I hire a bookkeeper and all these things like the rate, the energy exchange there of $150 a month for that kind of service, especially because you do also frequently give tangible tips and things like that, that really is um, unmatched. I think that a lot of times, um, you know, you have to weigh these investments like we were talking about earlier, but if you are weighing between, okay, should I spend, you know, a lot of bookkeepers charge like $500 a month and they're not helping you with money mindset. They're just moving money around in the way that you say, or a lot of times you're working with money coaches and they're not giving you tangible tips. Like they're not, maybe they don't have experience being a bookkeeper or an accountant or something like that. And they don't know, you know, the shortcuts or the things and to kind of like help you make decisions about where to invest your money if you feel like you need help with money. So I do think that you give the best of both worlds. Um, And if you guys want more information about that program, Drip, just reach out to Megan on Instagram. I know that she is often hanging out in her DMs. 
Um, but yeah, aside from that, I know you have like one-on-one clients too, you've mentioned and other ways to offer support. So just get in contact with Megan and see all the, all the things that she has coming up, but this new beta program trip sounds really awesome. So check it out. Thanks for the cool. praise, Nina. And thanks for having me. I love talking to you always and yeah. love your support. I love the way you support me. Thank you. Of course. I feel like, you know, in this industry, there's there's like a mutual kind of understanding of people who come from some of these more traditional routes. And we've really made an effort to break free and to bring our traditional experience into something more intangible to help people with like, you know, especially in the spiritual entrepreneurship, conscious entrepreneurship space. Um, I think it's really awesome the way that you blend the 3d and the 5d realities and i try to do that too so i feel very connected to you and i'm always going to sing your praises so guys you heard it here first megan's pretty awesome um this is again like i think she's the only person i've had on the podcast more than once so it's an really, honor yeah and, and she's <laughs> she's got fun content too it's not like all about money it's like fun right yeah. so anyway Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks again, Megan, for coming in the episode. And I'm sure we'll probably have her back somewhere else. Maybe she'll be in CEO (laughs) Skills Guest Expert one day, or maybe she'll have another podcast episode. You'll see her again in my uh, universe, but go check out her and uh, her content too. Bye.